That was the voice of Aaron Goldhammer. He is back again in the saddle for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. So since Goldhammer is here, we got to put the pressure on him. We have to get the Goldhammer NFL power rankings. I also have to give you my power rankings. We are at a point in the season, Goldhammer, where bleep is getting real, as the kids say. I mean, Amber, and- I feel like you took this a lot more seriously than I did. I went through and did a pretty easy top five in about 45 seconds. I'm you, so stressed. You have been studying this for two hours, I, trying I'm- to weigh this and that. And I don't, you know, I, I have don't four know. teams right now written down for my number five spot alone. Oh, and I, oh. I keep arguing against myself and who should actually fall into that fifth spot. I'm incredibly stressed. I am finding this very, very difficult. I don't know why I proposed this segment, but let's get to it. This is The List. You know what? You just made The List. The List with Amber and Ian. Number five. <sighs> Do you want me to go and then you can have more time to settle on who your number five team is? I'm happy to jump in here if you need. Let's do it. All right. uh, My number five team is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Maybe docked a little bit because they were idle this past weekend. I wasn't overly impressed by their Sunday night performance against the Chargers. I know their one Lamar Jackson injury away from being totally done. But I think they've shown good balance this year. I like their offense with Todd Munkin. I think it's actually developed in the way they thought it might. I think they're still a tough defensive team. And I I could see a world in which they would go to the Super Bowl. I got Baltimore at number five. Amber? So I have settled on the team that I just watched lose yesterday in ugly fashion. And that is... James's Kansas City Chiefs. And this is why I'm struggling with this because I'm coming off of watching them lose to the Packers and yeah. watching Jordan Love be, look like the third coming there in Green Bay, which I mean, just is insane. If they're able to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love actually pans out. Spoiled brat. I mean, spoiled fan base. Uh, and, th- and by the way, we'll remember like those stressful eight games when we were questioning it. You know, like that's all the Packers fan had to deal with <laughs> of Come the Jordan on. Love era before knowing that, okay, we're going to be okay. We still, we've got the next guy, the next generational guy. Some fans have all the luck. Uh, not Aaron Goldhammer's Browns, though. They're on like quarterback 450. Thanks. But certainly yeah, but, <laughs> things yeah. have gone pre- well pre- in Green it. Bay. Yeah. Th- yeah. So, other yes. than that, how was the show? Uh, right. Yes. Other than that, how was the show? So... Things have gone well in Green Bay as of yesterday as well. Not so much for Kansas City, not so much for that offense. That being said, I I don't know if it's because it's the Chiefs, but I'm just not comfortable leaving a team that, yes, there's weapons issues there for that offense. It's still Patrick Mahomes, man. It's still Travis Kelsey, you know? Yes, Taylor Swift maybe doesn't have the magic that we once thought she did. It's still Andy Reid. It's still Kansas City. I'm going to leave them in my top five for now. Number four. All right, I'll go here with my number four, and I'm going to go with your team here. Um, I think they've proven they can light up the scoreboard against really bad defenses. I think they have the best offense in the NFL right now in Miami. And Amber, I'll say this, if they get to play at home, I think they've got a real path to not only get to the Super Bowl, but maybe to win it. I would not have a ton of confidence with them going on the road, especially to a cold environment. 
in a game that's a little bit slower and more physical, but nobody can run like the Dolphins. And I really think there is an argument, you know, maybe we'll get to this uh, coming up in a few minutes on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, that their wide receiver might be the most valuable player in the NFL. I got Miami at number four. There is an argument there. There's also an argument that in terms of quarterbacks for the MVP award, Lamar Jackson would be in the conversation. And you said earlier when you were talking about the Ravens, you had them at five. I have them here at number four. You said they're just a Lamar Jackson injury away. We could do that to the Ravens every single year. Where they sit right now, they've settled into this Todd Munkin system. I think that the future looks bright there, frankly, under Munkin. I thought it was going to pan out well. I wasn't surprised it was slow to start at the beginning of the season. Lamar has to learn an entirely new playbook, essentially right a new system but we've seen what it looks like now that defense is good in Baltimore it's a good team I got them at number four not flawless but good I I don't understand the loss to the Colts there's a Steelers loss in there you know it's not perfect but they're good let's move on number three all right my number three squad is kind of similar to the Dolphins I feel like in a lot of ways in that they beat up on the bums and they have something to prove against the really good teams in the NFL And it is the Dallas Cowboys. I think two of the three best teams in the league are in the NFC East this year, Dallas and Philadelphia. We will see them play six days from now on Sunday Night Football. And so I reserve the right, obviously, to change my mind about them if they're not able to go and win that game. I think Dak Prescott is a legitimate MVP candidate, and I think Micah Parsons is a little bit legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. And I really think they have a better head coach than anybody wants to admit. Mike McCarthy takes more crap unnecessarily than any coach in professional sports. All he does is win. I've got Dallas at number three. I have my Miami Dolphins at number three. You mentioned the best offense in the NFL. I do at this point wholeheartedly believe that. And yes, we've seen it happen against lesser teams. You can only play who is on your schedule. And I hate this argument that somehow it's embarrassing to lose to the Eagles and then beat up on all the great teams when the Eagles I saw lose to, you know, the Jets. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Or is everybody talking about the Eagles being terrible now because they lost to a good team in the 49ers yesterday? Like, isn't it more embarrassing for the Eagles to lose to the Jets than the Eagles to lose to the 49ers yesterday? I've never understood the logic that people keep applying to the Dolphins. Yes, they lost to the Eagles. Yes, they lost to the Bills. They've lost to good teams. They lost to the Chiefs this season. Those are the teams that they've lost to. Some of the other best teams in the NFL. There is no shame in that. They've taken care of business in an extraordinary way against the teams that they should. What, did they hang 49 yesterday? I've lost count. I saw them hang 70 this season on a team, by the way, to a team that's shown that they're not maybe as terrible as we all thought that they were. So the Dolphins now sitting at three for me. Next. Number two. My number two squad, I think everybody's overreacting to what happened to the Eagles yesterday. I thought they were exhausted after playing Buffalo in the rain into the end of overtime the previous week. I thought San Francisco with the 10 days off just kind of pushed them around and the Eagles weren't as focused and locked in as they probably should be. I think if they rematch, the game would be much closer and likely when you look at the schedules will be in Philadelphia. The Eagles last three games of the season are all cupcakey and they should win all of them by 20 or so points. I think they'll have the best record in the league this year in either conference when push comes to shove. And I'm not panicking about yesterday. I think they have one of the best defenses and one of the best quarterbacks. You put all that together, it's the number two team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Amber? You you will not find the team with the best record in the NFL on my list at all. Spoiler alert, in the Philadelphia Eagles. Because I have been saying all season long that they're not as good as they were last season. That they've been skating by in these games. The The point differential there 
has been very small and they have been winning and winning and winning. I get it. They've been finding themselves on the right side of the win-loss column. However, they did get exposed yesterday by San Francisco. I was surprised it didn't happen sooner. Nevertheless, the Dallas Cowboys can only play again who's on their schedule. And when they have been playing, they have been dominating. We will see what it looks like when those Eagles take on the Cowboys this weekend because we will learn a whole lot this coming weekend about these two teams. I think the Cowboys are the better team. I have thought the Cowboys are the better team all season long, even though the Eagles, the better record. We will see now that division is up for grabs. It's a big test for the Cowboys. You mentioned McCarthy. He gets all the smoke. Dak Prescott gets all the smoke as well. In terms of quarterbacks, he should easily be at the front runner right now in the MVP conversation, and he's not, according to the odds makers. We will get into that a little later on Amber and Ian. It's ridiculous. It's some sort of weird anti-DAC bias, I feel like. But that's just what happens when you have the star on your helmet. Number one. Yeah, my number one's pretty obvious. In fact, James put it up on the board before I'd even announced it. Our producer, I mean, don't I have to actually elect the 49ers the number one team before you put them down on, okay, I guess I've got to take them. Um, I think when healthy, Amber, they're the most physical team. They're the only team that's really intimidating, I think, in the league right now. Uh, I think their defense is just loaded with studs everywhere. And I think if they have all their offensive playmakers, they're always going to be potent on that side and score enough points. I think Debo is so important to who they are and what they do. And if he gets hurt, which he's liable to do, I don't know that you'd have San Francisco in this spot. I guess it's all dependent on injury. But I think they're back here after kind of slipping with that three-game losing streak. I got San Francisco back, number one, the favorite for a reason to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, Brock Purdy should not be the favorite right now to win the MVP, even though he is, according to ESPN. But but I don't have a problem with San Francisco 49ers being the favorites. I also have them number one right now. And I hope I'm not just overreacting to just what happened yesterday. They had that little stumble earlier in the season. But boy, before that and after that, they've really seemed to iron things out. I always thought personnel-wise, this is, if not the best team, right there, right? And the way that they have proven the physicality as you mentioned the way I watched it yesterday against the Eagles again we might see the Eagles get a bit more exposed this weekend than we're expecting against Dallas but either way I think that's a really 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 good San Francisco 49ers team every team by the way is an injury away right every yeah team sure is of an course injury away. yeah if the Chiefs got Mahomes hurt I mean I don't think yeah. they'd be on your Super Bowl list if Certainly they had not. Blaine Gabbert throwing to Rache Rice I don't know that that's lighting up any uh anybody's odds to win the Super Bowl so you left the Chiefs out of your five best teams in the I NFL. Did. I left the Eagles out of my five best teams. I, I think the Chiefs have earned that, Amber. Yeah. I, I think, you know, again, these are 53-man the teams, 55-man teams, and not one. Mahomes is obviously the most important player in the league. But if he doesn't have the right guys at the other end catching the ball consistently, which he has not had this year, there just seems to be something off. And they're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. And at some point, Mahomes is going to have to play a road playoff game. And that time finally is apparently now. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, what about the New York Jets? Neither of us think they're one of the five best teams in the NFL, but apparently they're going back to Zach Wilson again. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Janice Joplin. Great song. Great song. I don't get the theme. I do not get it. Rachel Robinson on the ones and twos. She's doing something with this show within a show. We've got Twist and Shout. Bobby McGee. Girls just want to have fun. I don't get it. You can tweet to us at Hammer Nation 19 if you know the theme. You can tweet to me as well. At Amber W Sports ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I also don't get what the New York Jets are doing, by the way, because they have decided to go back to Zach Wilson. According to The Athletic, though, Zach Wilson might have some trepidation on actually wanting to be back in the starting lineup for this team, Aaron. And this is the toggling act of quarterback for the New York Jets, where we saw them go to Tim Boyle and to Trevor Simeon, and now they're back, apparently, trying uh, to get Zach Wilson back I, I, out on the field. It's ridiculous. Amber, first of all, I always feel like, look, you want to be a good teammate. You're under contract. They ask you to play. You ought to go out there and play. Here's the problem with that. I mean, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to do anything to improve his free agent stock, you know, as he's going into uh, – you know, being done with the New York Jets here very soon um, by going out and playing a couple of games behind that offensive line with this group of skill position guys and going another 30 drives without scoring a touchdown with Nathaniel Hackett, like one of the worst offensive coaches in the NFL. Like this thing is just brutal. I think the Jets tried to make him the scapegoat, Amber. I think they tried to make this all about him. Oh, if only Rodgers hadn't gotten hurt. Oh, if, you know, let's see if we can get a spark by going to someone else at that position. No, the whole system in and of itself was broken. And the reality of it is behind that line with those wide receivers, Zach Wilson was the guy that gave them the best chance to win. So, look, I wouldn't pull this move, but I understand his hesitancy because he wants to try to get a backup job and an opportunity to go somewhere else, and that's not going to happen if he goes in place for the Jets and gets killed, which, you know, it's this isn't just like play out the string. He's actually got to avoid giant men rushing at him trying to take his head off. And that's been a problem 
all season long, as you mentioned, which we could have predicted it was going to be a problem. I mean, I was screaming about it on first take before the season even started. That O-line is broken. It has major problems. You have a bunch of names on that O-line that look good in theory on paper. The problem is how much time they've missed over the last however many seasons. I mean, Becton's been injured his entire NFL career, right? Vera Tucker, I think, played seven games last season. Dwayne Brown, I think, is 38 years old or 39 years old. I mean, you have problems on that line that, frankly, anybody could have seen coming. And so when you have pieces that are oft injured or you have pieces that are older, what ends up happening on a line is you get a lot of different lineups, right? You get a lot of different combinations. And with an O-line, it's impossible from a chemistry perspective. It's so important for those guys to be in tune and play off of each other and, and things that are far higher than Aaron Goldhammer and I's pay grade because we never played on an O-line. I mean, I I know people might have thought that about Aaron Goldhammer, but he didn't actually ever play on an O-line. Don't get it confused. And so for whatever reason, there's chemistry issues if you toggle pieces all season long. And that's what the Jets have had to do. If Aaron Rodgers was behind that line, I hate to tell you, they ain't winning a Super Bowl either. With Zach Wilson, there's zero shot. But there's also zero shot for Zach to improve or show off his goods to get a different job. Amber, it is so dysfunctional that they basically said, like, we have a massive quarterback problem and we're not going to try to solve what's going on culturally in our organization. We just think Aaron Rodgers is going to just be the salve for all of this. And now we're seeing, I mean, they had Aaron Rodgers for four plays. They allowed this charade to go on with the idea that he was going to come back and play, which, Amber, I... I don't know if any other organization in the NFL would have permitted that just because it's a wild concept to think that he was going to ride in on some white horse and save the season in December or January. It's a, it's a 12-month injury. Like, he's human. It is what it is. He's never going to come back and play. That whole thing was absurd. So He's almost I am, 40. Amber, <laughs> it's I, stupid. I, I think in this and case, and they're bad. Zach Wilson is well within his rights to say, hey, listen, guys, I think you've just about put me through enough games and enough hell here in New York. I'm going to go somewhere else, and you're going to have to play out the string of the season with, you know, Ted Boyle or Tim Boyle or whatever his name is, or, (laughs) you know, go to Trevor Simeon. I mean, those guys aren't that much worse or better or different than me. Why are you putting me back in there? It's just, it's it's an unnecessary risk for Zach Wilson's future as a player. And if I was him or his agent, I would say no. I, I would, I would, I don't know what the upside of that is. I mean, the only upside is that you have not proven yourself whatsoever to be a quarterback in the NFL. Nevertheless, a starting one, you are going to need a resume behind you to stay in the National Football League. Now, we know how this works. First rounders get time and time and time and time again to prove themselves. He's going to get opportunities elsewhere. He's a very young quarterback. People are going to see it and think, hey, they didn't know what they were doing in New York. We can cultivate it here. I'm not saying he's going to immediately get an opportunity to be a starter in the NFL, but he will immediately get a job in the NFL. It's how it works with guys that were drafted this high. But I guess if you have some more starting experience on your resume, it helps that conversation. It helps the situation that you might end up in next. The truth is, though, he doesn't control any of that. He's under contract with the Jets. They're going to have the say on that. I have been screaming all season long about Zach Wilson. I have been screaming last season about Zach Wilson. And James Steele can tell you, and people think that I'm like related to Zach Wilson because we have the same last name we look like. And yes, all Wilsons stick together. And there's a whole lot of us. However, she loves Zach Wilson. It's weird. 
it's not weird because it's not that I actually think Zach Wilson is some great quarterback. I've never understood the point of starting him, sitting him, benching him, starting him, sitting him, benching him. It has never made sense to me the way they have handled Zach Wilson. It would be no different, Aaron, if they just started him all season long. Like, where would the Jets be if they had never gone to Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon and missed me with the whole locker room? Everyone wants to have this locker room conversation. Isn't that Robert Sala's job and the coaching staff's job to keep this locker room together? You're going to lose the locker room if you keep your top pick in at quarterback? Are the Panthers supposed to switch away from Bryce Young? No. The secret is that they lost the locker room four plays into the season when Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Right. I mean, don't tell them that, but that's when their season obviously went right down the tubes. You got me thinking, though. You are a Wilson. Zach is a Wilson. Mm Mm-hmm. Who is the all-time greatest Wilson? Is it Woodrow? Ooh. Woodrow oh. Wilson? We're, oh, I don't we do have a President Wilson. I, yeah. You know, was a good, I, I think an underrated president at that. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look um, up his track record. I'm a little rusty there. Garrett Wilson is a really history. good Wilson. Is he the best current Wilson? Uh, Garrett Wilson's had better seasons. <laughs> Okay. This season, right? I'm not huh? going to put him. I mean, Russell Wilson's had a better career than Garrett Wilson overall, right? And Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. What, I what believe, about Br- Brian, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys? What okay, about Luke no. or, hold on, Luke or Owen Wilson? Who is the mm, better Wilson between yeah, those two? They've had, hey, we will ponder this. Coming up next, we will find out who's the best Wilson and also what's a big deal and what's not a big deal. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Christian Kirk went down with an injury in this one. His team, the Jags, up 7-zip on the Cincinnati Bengals right now. We will keep you updated on all things Monday Night Football as Amber and Ian rolls along. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. I don't know this song. We're trying to figure out the Oh, come on. This is Hendrix. Say what? American. Amber, come on. It's Hey Joe. I, sure. All right. So now do you know? Okay, let's do this. Rachel always does a show within a show. And so she's doing a theme tonight with the music, our associate producer. I'm going to need you to recap the songs we have heard so far, Rachel, because I already I always have a hard time keeping track and apparently I'm bad at naming Jimi Hendrix songs. All right. So we have Tainted Love, Soft okay. Cell. We have Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun, even though it was on accident. It's yep. fine. Still it counts. counts. Yep. Uh, Beatles, Twist and Shout. Uh-huh. Guns and Roses, Knocking on Heaven's Door, uh. Janis Joplin, Me and Bobby McGee, right, and of course Jimi Hendrix, Hey Joe. Now I'm not sure if all these songs fall into this category, but Amber, I have a guess. Do you want me to hold off until the end of the no. show, or should I take a swing? Do I do I know? Do, should take I guess what the theme is? Yeah, you can guess now. I don't think any of those songs were originally written by the person that performed them in the version that Rachel played. Because, like, Knocking on Heaven's Door is a Bob Dylan song. They're all covers. Yeah. That's Rachel, am I close? Am I on the right track here or no? No, you're All right. Because Bobby McGee, is that Dolly Parton? That's 
Who did she who did she take that from? Janis well, Joplin. Janis Joplin's the, the most Beatles, famous version of it. And the Beatles didn't write Twist and Shout. No. That was obviously a, there's a 50s version of that song that they, you know, kind of copied right. over and did. Anyway, so that, that the the Heaven's Door and the Twist and Shout, I was like what's the common theme here? Then I I Hey Joe is not Jimi Hendrix who wrote Hey Joe. It's some right. guy We're asking Joe, follow-up apparently. questions that so Rachel I, is not I prepared for. I down because I knew, because I learned some of these, too. Um, so, Hey Joe was by a man named Billy Roberts. Okay. Uh, Bobby McGee was originally by a man, Jordan Lightfoot. Oh. Foot. Okay. Foot, of course, one of the top three Lightfoots in history. Yep. Of course. He's no Gordon, but, you know. Uh, we also had the other one that got me was Tainted Love. Was not... Was a cover. Uh, original was Gloria Jones. Oh, huh. well, there you go. Well, How about that? Go. Amber, I come on for one day and I figure out the theme. What do I win? You're good. I never figured these out, so it's well, no surprise. Yeah, Amber's like oh, in like five or like, six. Yeah, I'm really bad at this game. This is not my game. I don't think uh, also, Amber likes music that much. I think that's. A I, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I. I, I think she that doesn't that's like fair. music. She doesn't like movies. Yeah, I don't know what fair. she likes. She's just sports a and black sports hole. radio. <laughs> She's not really into sports. I don't know what she's doing here. No, it's all I do is sports and sports radio. So I don't have time to listen to music and watch movies. Come on, get out of town. Did we determine last segment real quick, since we're off on a tangent, that Woodrow Wilson is the best of the Wilsons? Because we did a deep dive on Wilsons. And what I did find out is there is still as many Wilsons as there has been in the history of the world. There is still a possibility that Amber Wilson could end up being the greatest of all Wilsons. Because I got to be honest... We've got a lack of famous Wilson. Oh, but, I mean, hold, hold on. Woodrow Wilson, I think, led us through one of the world wars. I can't remember which one. He had something to do with there were some yeah. points of light or something. He was pretty good. He's in he's on historians lists of the top 10 presidents, although I can't specifically tell you anything that he did that was so great. If I became like Stephen A. Smith or Greeny, would I surpass Woodrow Wilson? I don't know. Like, is that president like Stephen A. Smith versus a president? You know, I, mean, I, I think both Luke. Luke and Owen Wilson, I mean, like, you know, Wedding Crashers and whatever Luke Wilson has done, which I don't really remember, but it's something. (laughs) And uh, the Midnight in Paris movie, like both of those are. And then, look, I know he's not well liked by his teammates. And obviously, you know, he's had some trouble over the last couple of years through a couple bad interceptions in the fourth quarter yesterday. But Russ Wilson's got to be up near the, the top of that list. And then Rachel made a great point here, uh, our producer on Amber and Ian tonight. That Wilson the volleyball in Castaway has to be taken seriously in consideration for this. Is it possible not that the best, the best Wilson is a volleyball? Not, no, not... I will. As a, as representation of all Wilsons, I will not allow the volleyball to be the best we've got as a Wilson. That okay. can't be it. Fair. Fair. Honorable <laughs> mention uh, was Wilson from. Uh, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Yeah, Tim Allen's Tim yeah. Allen's neighbor. Wilson. We never saw his mouth. Right. Yes, nope. uh-huh. just his eyes. Yep, just nope, his nope. eyes. Nobody under the age of thirty-five has any idea what we're talking about, except for Rachel. Apparently, she's an old soul. <laughs> Ryan, uh, our producer Ryan Matlack is listening to this and just like. He loves Home Improvement. That's like his favorite show. So. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, that's uh, very outdated of him, but that was an excellent show. You can find Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight about at. Excellent. It was watchable. It was, it was watchable. It, it seemed good at the time. At Hammer Nation 19, at Amber W Sports. Let's find out what's a big deal and not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal? 
or not a big deal with Amber and Ian. And James Steele. Yeah, big deal, not a big deal. It's brought to you by Real Christmas Trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying Real Christmas Trees at Lowe's or wherever Real Christmas Trees are sold. For more info, visit getrealkeepitreal.com. All right, we're going to start it off here. Um, the Marlins, they hired Gabe Kapler as an assistant GM. Amber, is this a big deal or not a big deal that Gabe Kapler is now a uh, Miami Marlin? This is a big deal uh, because obviously it's a a big <laughs> position. So yeah, it, let's move it along. Hello, Goldhammer. <laughs> Do you think it's a big deal or not a big deal? It's a big deal, but let me say this. The ending there for the tenure before Gabe Kepler, and not to get onto a soapbox, but oh. for a while there, it looked wildly embarrassing for the Miami Marlins. They've tried to right the ship. They're bringing in a big name, obviously, with Kepler getting fired there from the Giants. It's a big deal because the direction of that franchise, you felt like they were on the right track. You got nervous there with the decision with King Ng, and I don't know why they weren't able to retain her when obviously she had turned around the entire organization. Yeah, done a great job. That's, that organization is just bizarre top to bottom. Um, and but so I'm that's the thing. The is, decisions are not always good, but I'll, sure, this is a big deal. Amber, I'm going to say this is a big deal because anytime one of my fellow members of the tribe, one of my brothers in Judaism, gets promoted into actually doing something in the realm of sports. To me, it's a big deal. Gabe Kapler, probably one of the 100 greatest Jewish baseball players of all time. So and the many. fact that he is, to me, it, it's it's a big deal to me. It means a lot to me. Yeah, we know why it's a big deal for you, Amber. Uh, you're not Moving right anybody. along. Moving all right, right so let's just along. It, let's just keep it in Miami then. So I, I came across this tweet. From uh, from someone who is a host on this show uh, all the time. And it says, quote, I didn't grow up a Dolphins fan, which is where I stopped reading because apparently Amber Wilson is, uh, is a fake Dolphins fan. Is that a big deal or not a big deal? Uh, Aaron Goldhammer. I mean, I, I didn't realize that she was a fake Dolphins fan, but I am a believer not. that you are allowed one change of sports team fandom throughout the course of a lifetime. Now, if your team moves or something like that, you get another one. But if you want to change once from being whoever you root for to jumping on board with somebody, you can do it as an adult. But if you start bouncing around every two years, you're not a real sports fan. But I allow it one time. So based on that, I'm going to consider this not a big deal. Amber, is this because you didn't grow up a Browns fan or something? And so... No, I, I just think as you evolve in life, you might move to a different city. You might have right. different allegiances. You're allowed to change once, but you're not only from once. Cleveland, right? But Even I'm still a Bronco fan teens. before I'm a Browns fan. Oh, that's yeah, true. You know. That's true. I like, I want the Browns to do well because I know some of the guys, whatever. It'd be great for that's the city. Right. It's good for that. our business. But yeah. when they played the Broncos two weeks ago, I was sitting in the eighth row wearing Broncos gear. Like, okay. I don't hide, you know, where my true allegiance lies. So I don't have a story like that. I, if I had grown up diehard with a, with a team, which for me would have been the Bucks, because I grew up in, in essentially the Tampa Bay area, just about an hour south of the Bucks, which is where I live now. If, if I had been diehard Bucks, I wouldn't have just switched my allegiance all of a sudden. It's just when I was growing up, NFL wasn't really on my radar. My parents never took me to Bucks games. We were very... Very college football focused. I went to all the Gators games from the time I was born. 
uh, until the time I actually went there for college. So for me, it was SEC as life. It was just college football. I just, the Bucks, like NFL just wasn't so much on my radar. I know my father had season tickets to the Bucks before I was born, but then he gave them up by the time I came along because they were that bad in the 70s and the 80s. So I, I never really went to Bucks games, frankly. I, I think I, I went to a couple as an adult. That was it. It's for me, when I moved to South Florida, I also worked for the Dolphins for a while, covering the team for 20, the last 20 years, the way that I did when I was in that market. That's where the allegiance came into fruition. So it's not really a fake allegiance, James. It's just that I didn't have one when I was a kid, man. I sit here and listen to you talking about the Dolphins every damn day, and you're not even like an all-time Dolphin fan here. Jeez, I don't know what to think about you anymore. Everything I it know means is more because I chose them. Everything I know you is You had to grow up with like a Mercury Morris poster on your wall in order to... It's a little, you know. Yeah, it's a little much. All right, one more real quick. Uh, this weekend, there's a little bit of a beef between LeBron James and Ime Udoka. <laughs> led, to, uh, led to both getting technical fouls. Udoka's was his second, so he got tossed out of the game. Uh, Amber, big deal, not a big deal. LeBron versus Ime. This was a big deal because of the woman sitting behind them. Uh, she could not have clutched her pearls harder. Whatever came out of their mouths, Aaron Goldhammer, and there's been a lot made of it uh, since this altercation occurred, uh, really horrified her <laughs> and offended her. And that was the funniest part about all of this, was if you see the interaction of the older woman sitting behind them uh, and her reaction to the words that are shared. But sure, yes, it is a big deal. There's clearly no love lost between this player and that coach. Look, I, I, obviously there's a lot about Ime Udoka that we don't know. I mean, really the full story of why he's not in Boston anymore has never mm-hmm. been totally uncovered. So I think this is a big deal also because there's a there's a rumor floating around. I actually think there's some audio that there were some words used by Ime Udoka that I know from having covered him for almost his entire professional career. You just don't use with LeBron James. And if you're around the NBA, you know that there is a certain five-letter word that really strikes a chord with him. So for some reason, Ime With all NBA really, players, by the way, yeah, it's but, but, stupidest thing. But specifically with LeBron, because it's what precipitated the Draymond altercation in 2016. Yes. Anyway, this five-letter Very word... Very sensitive to this word. Y- y- yes. And the fact that Ime chose it and used it, to me, was over the line. And from that perspective, I would say it is kind of a big deal. Toughest guys on earth, but you call them one five-letter word, and all of a sudden, everything all of a sudden. I digress. All of a sudden. Uh, but, and do, do you want to explain time, this but... Gabe Kapler thing to anybody, or are we just going to leave no, it no, out no, there? No, no, no. We're going to. We're just going. Aaron, I'm just going to say this. I do wonder if ratings amongst you know maybe like the female population are going to go up a little bit for the I, Miami Marlins. I think. I think, I think Amber. I think Amber is now a Marlins season ticket holder. <laughs> Coming up next here. As I try to keep it professional here on ESPN radio, people would Los Angeles be the perfect fit for Jim Harbaugh. We will get into that. ESPN radio is also on the ESPN app. I don't objectify men. The Jacksonville Jags are up by a touchdown on the Cincinnati Bengals. It was an ETN four-yard run that they scored on. We will keep you updated on all things Monday Night Football as we roll along here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Aaron Goldhammer in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. So we argued a lot about college football. I don't agree with the college football playoff rankings that 
has Michigan in for the final four, but it's not Michigan. That's my problem. Michigan's actually one of the problems of Goldhammer, even though largely he agrees with what the college football playoff committee did. But I do wonder, Aaron Goldhammer, no matter what your opinion is of Michigan this year, if they're going to have a head coach that looks quite different next year, because there's been a tumultuous season there. I think I know who their head coach is going to be next year, Amber, and I think it's the guy who actually has coached them in half their game (laughs) this year. His name is Sharon Moore. So I'm thinking that that's probably ultimately where this thing is going. And to nobody's surprise, he's been begging for NFL jobs, you know, the last couple of off-seasons, applying for them, sitting in people's offices, waiting, trying to get interviews. And finally, I think it is it is high time that Jim Harbaugh get back on the bus and head back to the National Football League. See, is that how you took it? I never took it as that he was begging. Like, to me, Jim Harbaugh could get back into the NFL if he wanted. I felt like he was being choosy. I do know last season he considered it with a couple teams. And I do know he. it felt like he was being a bit choosy. And it did feel like he genuinely wanted to win a natty at Michigan. I don't know if he's going to accomplish that goal this year. I think he's frankly gone either way. And I think if you're Michigan, you're in the best spot that you've been in in terms of his departure. Because if I'm Michigan, I don't want him to leave, obviously. You try to talk him into staying as much as possible. But like you just said, you did see half a season, essentially. Like that dude did just miss six games. And yeah. you won all six of them with yep. an interim head coach that and you, you beat Ohio State with it with yeah. Jim Harbaugh sitting in a hotel room so right you know but but I think he has obviously changed the culture there in some ways for the better and in some ways for the worse if you're an NFL team do you hold the sign stealing against him as you go no. into this part of the you, you, that doesn't factor in at all like you're going to present him as your new face of your franchise a man of integrity someone who's going to one day lead us to the Super Bowl here he is straight off of a bunch of NCAA violations. He got suspended for six games for two different offenses. It's Jim Harbaugh. Nobody you feel good about who. that? Yeah. I mean, is anybody talking about it with Pete Carroll? He left USC. His timing was perfection. Let's call it that, even though he, he wasn't he suspended there at recruit- USC. And, uh, hold on a minute. He cheated nobody in recruiting. Th- this Pete is Carroll. sign stealing. This is like something that's more, much more driven integrity of the game than it is Everyone- what players you get. Everyone calls Belichick the best NFL coach in history, which okay. I mean, Don Shula might have something to say about that. Yeah. But what we don't talk about anymore is, you know, the whole sign-stealing scandal <laughs> as well for the Patriots, right? Or Deflategate or any of the controversies I, that surround I don't know that Belichick any of the Patriots years. things were quite as brazen as flying around, pretending to be on people's sidelines, all the things that Michigan was accused of. I do think this, Amber, there are desperate owners in the NFL. There's about five of them that are really struggling, that are desperate to find some credibility. And they know because of his last name and because of trips to the Super Bowl in San Francisco and what he's done at Michigan, that Jim Harbaugh would bring you instant credibility in your organization. These owners care about winning. That's really what they care about most. Jim Harbaugh, no matter what you say about his tenure at Michigan, he has done a lot of winning at Michigan as well. Mike Greenberg, he hosts a show here on ESPN Radio called Greeny. He was on another show on ESPN earlier today, The Pat McAfee Show. And he shared a story about him and Jim Harbaugh having a conversation at a funeral. Here's Greeny. I want to make it very clear. We were not talking about a coaching vacancy. We were not talking about him leaving Michigan. Nothing. We were just talking about how great the young quarterback play is in the National Football League. All these great young quarterbacks, Burrow, Mahomes, blah, blah, blah. 
He spent five minutes telling me that he thinks that Justin Herbert is the best of all of them. He oh, loves breaking. Herbert. Take that for what you will. I, don't, I do not think that Harbaugh will be back That's in Michigan true. next year. I'm not sure what the circumstances are that will uh, cause his departure, but whether they beat Alabama or not, whether they win the championship or not, I do not think he is going to be back at Michigan next year based on all that I think is coming down the road with the NCAA with them. So a couple things. Uh, first, I hope Greeny and Harbaugh's friend would have been honored that the way that they were honoring him was discussing the young quarterbacks in the National Football League. I don't know who their friend was who for, passed to away. To both of you guys, first, sorry for your loss. <laughs> right. Now, what's sorry your take your on loss. Harbaugh to the Chargers? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what he was. That's the conversation uh, from the funeral of their mutual friend. Second, a lot of people are going to pinpoint the Los Angeles Chargers with the idea that Staley's going to be out of there. And I think, frankly, the problem with this idea isn't Harbaugh's desire to go there because a lot of coaches would desire to work with Justin Herbert. A lot of people feel like Justin Herbert is a generational talent and that he's being underutilized. And overall, that that problem over there isn't personnel, it's coaching. And so that's a problem if you were a coach, you would feel like you could fix. However, maybe the problem is really ownership being cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and They aren't exactly known for spending money. I'm not sure they're going to step up to the plate to spend Jim Harbaugh money, even if they should. Sure. I think, though, power is another thing that Jim Harbaugh wants. And my Mm -hmm. guess is that he could go to the Chargers and just completely run the show. What I wonder about that organization, though, is that you know, that there's not a lot of fan pressure. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like taking the commander's job where all of a sudden you got a million people screaming about you on talk radio. The Chargers are like the seventh most important team in Los Angeles. Uh, both college teams, USC and UCLA, have more fans than the Chargers do. But it's it's the Belichick factor. If you had a choice and you're Dean Spanos, do you want Bill Belichick or do you want Jim Harbaugh? If you had a choice between the two, because they both might want that job just because of Justin Herbert. And they're both going to command a lot of money. So it's why I have a hard time believing the answer is either of those guys, frankly, for that ownership group. That's a really good question. I think I go Harbaugh because of the age as well being a factor here. Belichick, it just seems risky to bring him in at this point in his career. Coming up next, Brock Purdy is the favorite to win NFL MVP right now, which is absolutely absurd. We'll tell you why next.